Hello everyone and welcome along to Northumberland FA podcast from the sidelines with Gary Middleton and special guest today Mel Ray, uh, Sunderland Ladies head coach and the topic we're going to look at today is developing the individuals. Um, Mel, thanks very much for joining us today. Uh, a lot's happened since we last spoke in 2021, I think it was. Uh, now promoted to the Women's Championship, the second tier in the women's game. Um, great to have you on board again. Thank you very much. Pleasure to be here. Good stuff. Um, Mel, as, as I've just said, a lot's gone on um, in the last season. Um, how did it go personally for you? And the girls last year, obviously that that jump to the championship. Yeah, obviously it was a really quick turnaround. Uh, obviously the season before that was curtailed for COVID, uh, and there was an opportunity for the club to apply to be promoted to the championship. And because of all the hard work done prior in terms of the results on the pitch, uh, points per games, it put in a really good position for the FA to promote. Uh, and it was really late in the day when we found out and, you know, grateful and thankful that, you know, that all that hard work was recognised and we had the opportunity to go up. But once that was official, it was now like, right, we need to get we need to get ready for the championship because it was a whole different ball game. Uh, but just to kind of summarise, absolutely delighted with the whole season uh, from start to finish. Some great learning curves, you know, to take away. Uh you know, players have stepped up and, and really delivered and, you know, we can't wait to get stuck in again this season. I suppose that was, must have been from a coach's point of view, Mel, a massive challenge for you at such a late notice of getting into that uh, championship of trying to recruit. Yeah, it, it was a huge challenge. Uh, and I, th- I probably think the hardest point was we didn't really have a general manager in place who would kind of do a lot of the administrative stuff away from you know, away from my role as the, as the head coach. Uh, so I, I work with a guy called Tony Woods, who was already inside the building, who, you know, helped get through and get players' contracts sorted and, you know, all the rest of the paperwork. Uh, that, that was probably really challenging because we wanted to bring players in. Uh, you know, we brought Emma Kelly in, who who left Birmingham City, which was a great signing for where she played for work before in the, in the Super League. Uh yeah, no, I was happy with the squad. It was a very young squad uh, and it was always going to be a challenge, but one that I knew they were hungry for and they deserved their opportunity to have a go rather than to bring in loads of new bodies and, and, and not let these players who got with their, the, the opportunity, you know, I, I trust them. Uh, I've known them for a very long time uh, and, 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 right, and they didn't disappoint. They didn't let themselves down and they didn't, certainly didn't let the club down. Uh you know, in the, in the put we're back on the map, you know, we, we give a good account of ourselves and we'll give ourselves a, a, a good platform to build on and we, we now need to kick on. Mm. Mel, you, you were part-time last season, so the, the girls were training two, three times a week. Um, how difficult was that for you all when you were coming up against teams that were training full-time? I think it's, it's it's going to be even harder again this season. It's, it's always a challenge. Uh, and the hardest part to manage, I think, is the recovery side. Mm-hmm. You know, so the, the full-time clubs can, you know, they can have a couple of days off. The, the girls can be off their feet. They can rest and recover, whereas our players are at work. They're on their feet. And, it you know, the fatigue sets in. And that's 
that's something that we try and manage through. We do wellness. So we do a daily wellness at the check-in and it's it's monitored and, and their well-being's monitored and any red flags that kind of stick out, you know, we, we tailor them during the week in order to get them out on a Sunday near enough to 100%. Uh, in terms of the football side, I, I don't think there's much difference. You know, if we're full-time, we might, we might squeeze in one more session, but, you know, three sessions which are, are well-planned uh, and well-delivered between, you know, Steph Libby, who's my new assistant, who I also brought in last summer, uh, between her and her and me, we're, we'll squeeze every last ounce we can, you know, out the girls during the week. Uh, really well structured in terms of the Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, following the themes that we need to work on, uh, and the girls respond to it. Mm-hmm. You know, we've, we've got, you know, we're setting our ways now. We know what we need to deliver, how we need to deliver it, when's the best time to do certain things. Uh, but yeah, the, the biggest thing is the recovery. You know, making sure that they're that they're well recovered and ready to go again the following mm-hmm. Sunday. Yeah. Mel, did you, did you have to adapt much for the for the jumping competition on a weekly basis? Uh, I, I don't think we had to adapt too much. We had to, main Steph, we had to do a lot of homework. Uh, obviously, going into a, into a new league, you know, teams that you haven't really played against before, trying to look at their form, who their key players are, how they play in possession, how they play out of possession, and coming up with game plans that we know our players can deliver. Uh, and you know, through our own strengths and weaknesses, what we can do, what we can't do, uh, what are we good at, what we're not so good at, uh, and try and make these game plans really simple. You know, they don't have to be complex, but real simple instructions for players to be able to carry out effectively. Uh, and that was certainly put in good stead. How have the girls adapted them to this to, to the jump? Um, has that been challenging for them? Obviously, you touched on it earlier about them being at work, uh, being at college, uni, uh, and then having to train two times, three times a week, possibly, and then jump on a bus down to the south coast. You know, how, how have they adapted to all of that, Mel? They've been brilliant, uh, you know, and, and they're all different. Everyone's got a different type of job. You know, we've got Megan Beer, who's a firefighter. We've got Alison Cowlin, who's a doctor. We've got a couple of teachers. We've got a couple of people who've just been at college and in education. Uh, they're all different and you can't treat everyone the same because they're not. Uh, everyone's circumstances uh, is different and, and changes week to week. But they've... They've loved it. Uh, this is where they want to be. You know, they sacrifice a hell of a lot to be here and to play for this football club. Uh, and we've, we've, it's my job to try and get the best out of them. Uh, and it might be that, you know, they only train 50% or they're only on the grass for half an hour, then they go and rest up and they, they go in the gym or they go in the pool. And it's, it's difficult at times because you want all 22 players on the pitch all the time, but that's not the right thing. I'd rather have everyone available for the Sunday. Uh, but yeah, they've they've loved it, uh, and you know that, like I said before, they're a credit to credit to ourselves for the dedication that they put in. Absolutely, Mel. Mel, we're talking about developing the individuals, and and why I wanted to chat to you about this is because you've got an awful lot of young players within your squad at present that have uh, either come through Sunderland RTC or with yourself uh, at Gateshead College. Um, how's that transition been for? for these players in the championship and how they cope with that challenge? 
I think it's tough. It's it's hard. Uh, it's a huge jump. It you know from you know I, I think a couple of years ago when you had you know like Neve Heron and Jess Brown transition into into the senior side, we were in tier three, where that yeah. jump is not quite as big, but mm. you know the the gap now between the RTC or a college player into the women's championship that's a huge jump and not everyone can make it you have to be really really special to be able to make that jump because it is it is really difficult uh but the, the girls that have transitioned so far we, you know we've got we brought katie watson in and grace Eid, uh just this season gone and you have to look after them you know you're putting them in a, an elite environment uh they're training with you know international players they're training in a professional setup and they're getting stretched to the max. And in the long term, they'll reap the rewards for that. You know, that you'll see real progress. Are they ready now? No. But they will be. Uh, and it's my job to dip them in and out in certain games, uh, depending on who we're playing, uh, depending on the style of the opposition that we're up against. I mean, I don't want to kill them by putting them in and they're going to get physically trounced you know it, it's picking your moments and when when you think they can flourish when the, when can they gain real confidence from being on the pitch and there's a fine line because you don't want to put them on in it for the the lack of you know you don't want them coming off going oh, I'm not good enough you know that confidence being hit and they're not had a sniff of the ball or anything like that so we've used the Continental Cup games for that as well uh, to give people that opportunity to get on the grass but you know, the two really good young players there, I mean, the likes of Neve Heron and Jess Brown, they're now established, you know, they're, they're first-team players who are starting games regular. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like I said, that it's hard. It's hard for them. It's not, they're not the finished article. They're still very much learning. They're still very much being stretched and challenged. Uh, and it's, you know, we've got to keep, keep doing that because we want to develop our own. You know, we want to, We've got a track record of developing players in the northeast who've gone on to, to represent, you know, the lionesses, and these are the next generation that are coming through. You know, the Neve Herons, Jess Brown, Katie Watson, Grace Eid. They're the next ones. Remember the names because they're they're going to be here and they're going to be around for a long time. And you've just touched on a little bit there, Mel. But do you see that as the norm for 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 Sunderland? That you know we've got to develop. Uh, or homegrown products as such uh, to move forward as a, as, a, as a club at this level? I think it's it's something that the club wants in terms of development of our own. Uh, and it's, you know, it's it's really, it's a really difficult thing to do because, like you know, not everyone in a grassroots youth environment can take that step up. It takes a special person yeah. uh, in the few and far between. And there might be a point where, we run out for a, for a few few years, and you know, and it's going to take a, take time. But you know, there's great jobs being done in the RTC from a really young age. Uh, you know, it just goes to show, like Grace Eden, Katie, who've just come through this year. They've been in the RTC all that time since we were like ten year old. So it, it you know it serves a purpose. You know, there's some real good work going on in there, uh, and that was one of the main reasons why I wanted an under twenty three team set up. Yeah. So this will, you know, at this moment when they were coming out of the RTC, because the gap's so big, if they couldn't make the jump, we were losing them. Mm-hmm. 
uh, which I understand is going to happen. But just because they're not ready now doesn't mean they're not going to be ready in a year's time, two years' time, three years' time. So having this under-23 team underneath the senior team will help that transition and they'll still be in the environment, they'll still be watched, uh, step them up. You know, we can, we, we're going to put showcase games on against tougher opposition to, to really stretch and challenge them as well. They're going to get the opportunity to train with the first team uh, certain weeks of the year. Uh, so, yeah, they're still going to be very much part of the team, uh, but they're, they're always going to get that game time on a Sunday, which is which is important. And it's going to be against, I know the level is obviously low down in the pyramid, but you're going to be playing against senior players, the adults. So it's a lot different to, to grassroots it's a physical football. challenge there, Mel, isn't it, for them? Absolutely, yeah. Mel, Mel, what what are you doing as a coach to 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 develop these young players and bring them through? Because you did it when you won the Super League, and yet continually doing it at, at present. Um, I suppose what's the skill set that you're using on on a weekly basis within within your uh, practices that you put on? within the environment that you're setting for the girls to come into because it obviously working. Yeah, I think I think it's important to recognise that everyone's different. You know, that not all not every young player is the same. Uh, and we have done for a couple of years now, we have uh, what we call IDPs. We have each player has an individual development plan. And that goes for the 16-year-old kids who've just come out into their first team all the way through to Grace McCarty, who's 31 year old. You know, they'll, they'll have a, yeah. a, and on that plan, there'll be some technical work, there'll be some tactical information that they need to be better at, there'll be some physical stuff, there'll be some social stuff, and then there'll be some kind of communication stuff. And it's, it's their plan. And we'll refer to that in group sessions. Remember, that's on your plan. This is what we need to really hone in on. Uh, and we we stretch and challenge them in the in in the sessions, but also away away from the sessions, watching the clips, uh, them bringing us footage for us to watch. Well, what do you think about this? You know, and it's a it's not just us telling them; they need to also tell us how they feel and and what they want to improve on. Uh, and obviously, collectively as a whole squad, we've got our own objectives. So all these individual plans underneath are helping us, you know, achieve the ultimate the ultimate goal. Fantastic, Mel. Mel, what have what have you had to change, uh, if anything, within the training program to support your your players and the team, like over last season, and I suppose moving forward to this season as well. Yeah, I mean, be- because it's part time, we try and you know the players arrive at five o'clock, and we try and cram in as much as we can between that five and nine. So typically on a on a Tuesday, they'll report in, you know. Four o'clock onwards, really, the, the, the drip in, uh, but they've all got to be in for five. Uh, they're then going into the into the gym. You know, they're doing their S&C programme, all got individual programmes. Uh, and they're then going into team meetings where we're either having a meeting or we're looking at analysis, pre-match, post-match. And then we're going out to train for the 90 minutes or two hours, depending on how long we're on the grass. And that's repeated through the, the Thursday and through the Friday uh, there'll be little unit meetings put in there where we might just have a meeting with the back four and the goalkeepers, uh, a forward meeting, and it's just constantly checking and challenging each other. Me challenging them, but them also checking and challenging the staff. 
which is you know works both ways and I think that's it's a healthy environment and we try and make it really competitive you know everyone wants to play everyone wants to you know you train hard all week and you sacrifice all week in order to play on a Sunday no one likes not getting on the pitch uh, so it's about making sure that they've always got the the right attitude and they're training as hard as they can train in order to get that shirt on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that they don't just come and train and go home. They want to try and get as much as they can out of you. And we want to get as much as we can out of them in order for them to be the best player possible on a Sunday. And yeah, just listen to that. It sounds like a real, you know, comprehensive programme that you, that you've you put on for the girls over the week. How have they bought into that as in the change from before to now possibly yes yeah, sounds like coming straight from work for four o'clock half past four uh, and spend the whole night as a group together yeah. but I suppose building that rapport is, is, a, is a team as well which is really important but then that dips into their their own personal lives yeah I think I think they understand that the level that we're at that has to be done yeah. because everyone else is doing it. And if you're just doing what everyone else is doing, that's probably not enough. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to, we have to do more or the, or the quality that we're doing it has to be better than other people. Uh, and me and Steph thrive on that. You know, we're, we're very similar personalities, uh, very similar coaches and we're perfectionists. You know, there's, there's no stone unturned. Like we will throw a lot of information at the team in order to prepare them the best we can on a Sunday. Uh, I don't like surprises. So if someone did something that wasn't expecting, I would be disappointed in my own personal preparation, thinking I haven't prepared them properly for it. Uh, so the amount of footage that's watched, uh, you know, the trends, how people are playing, the key players, the set pieces, you know, it's, it's constant. And because we've got a, quite a small workforce, uh, which I quite like because it's everyone knows their roles uh, and we know what to expect of each other and nothing gets lost. Uh, so yeah, we, we what we've got is good. Uh, we just need to keep keep squeezing each other to make sure that we're we're doing the best we can for each other around the team. And that work that you did off the pitch on the tree and the training ground, did you see that? development over the course of last season yeah I mean I mean the season panned out like we started really well you know the first game we we played Coventry away uh, who are a full-time team it's our first game in the championship uh, on a huge pitch rubber crumb pitch uh, and we won 1-0 so you, you can imagine you know everyone was buzzing uh, we're like oh this is easy no, I'm just joking uh, but like we went on a bit of a run, yeah. You know, and we we started really well, uh, and that like that kicked what on. You know, it, it gave everyone real belief to say actually, mm-hmm. we can do it. Yeah. You know, we're, we're here. We you know we're not just here to make the numbers up. We can actually compete, and we, you know, we've took three points off a full time team. Uh, but then we got to Christmas and we had a dip. We really struggled. We struggled for a little bit of form in front of goal. Uh, weren't quite getting the rub of the green like we were at the beginning of the season. Uh, but then we picked ourselves up come January, February, and then we, we finished quite well. 
Mm-hmm. And it was about us not getting too carried away with the highs, but then not getting too disappointed with the lows and trying to maintain, you know, a steady approach throughout the whole season as coaches and, and players, uh, knowing that at the end of the season, where objectives were going to be met. Yeah. Uh, so, we, yeah, we had a four or five games where we weren't getting anything. We weren't getting any reward from all the hard work that we were putting in on the training ground. But because we'd done so well at the beginning of the season, it's OK, we're on track. And it, and it was trying to trying to manage that and not, not too much look at the league table and stuff like that. It was, look, this is what we need to achieve by the end of the season. Let's keep focused. Uh, and that got me through, you know, got me through a rough patch. And when we came out of it and we started picking up form again, it was it was great because we, we achieved some of the objectives early. Yeah. Like, brilliant, you know. Like, it, you know, you're not going to go through the whole season where we were like a Liverpool top of the league all the way throughout the season that's just not going to happen yet you know we're we're not that we're not there yet uh but yeah just having that focus having that objective it's you know between august and in may this is where we want to be and mm-hmm. you know i was delighted that at the end of the season we didn't hit all of them but we hit the main ones yeah uh, which you know which were really important and did you see them that development of the younger players, you know, really flourish throughout the back end of the season as to where our expectations were of them younger players? Yeah, and I think it, we learn a lot about everyone, even the experienced mm-hmm. players. You know, sometimes they they can be the ones who panic mm-hmm. because they've been there before and they've maybe seen it happening. Oh, how we're going to get out of this? Where the youngsters are just oh, just another game, another game, another game. You know, and. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. I've got no fear, you know, that they, they just want to play, they're eager to learn. Uh, but yeah, the, the whole squad contributed, which was really important. Everyone everyone played a part. There was no one who didn't play any minutes. Uh, the goalkeepers shared, I think they ended up playing pretty much half and half of the season each. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, you know, every player was important and every member of staff was important. And, you know, it was a successful first season. Yeah, and, and what would you... Obviously, your aim last year was to remain in the Championship. Um, what would be the case this season? You know, I mean, Steph, have sat down, uh, we've sat down and, and looked at where we were, where we are and where we want to go. And, you know, we, we're challenging the players. And, you know, did we overachieve last year a little bit? Probably. You know, we everyone just thought we were going to do, you know, enough, but... We finished ahead of the likes of Blackburn, who have been in there a while. Uh, when you look at Watford, who came up with us, Watford got relegated, you know, so we, we did really well. But we're certainly going to stretch and challenge the players to be better. Uh, so their objectives will be moved and they'll be, you know, the, the bar will be, it'll be higher going into this season. And more young players coming through, Mel? So obviously Grace and Katie, you know, it's their first time doing a proper pre-season with her. So they'll they'll be in from the start rather than being you know coming in halfway through, which is difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll get a good pre-season out with them too, and you know that they'll put ourselves in the shop window as as will all the other players that you know we've brought in, bring in some new players and the and the current squad who've stayed. Uh, I'm happy with how we're shaping up so far. I mean it's a it's, it's a first night back tonight, so I'm looking forward to 
to seeing them and seeing what kind of condition they come back in and and ready to test them. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be exciting. Great stuff, Mel. Good luck for this coming season, um, and hopefully we'll catch up uh, soon. Um, and thanks very much for giving up your time today uh, to take part in my podcast series from the sidelines. No bother. Thank you very much.